Trumos Perik Beis Mishnah Beis or Perik Beis Mishnah Hey. We've learned in the last Mishnah that Ein Tormin Mitohor Al Hatomei, that if a person had two piles of grain in his house, one was Tohor and one was Tomei, then he cannot take Truma from the Tohor pile and make it count or make it exempt on the Tomei pile. We explain that this is because you can only take Truma Min HaMukaf from that which is attached or joining the other produce. And if you have Tomei and Tohor produce touching each other, then the Tuma may spread and affect the Tohor produce. Similarly, our Mishnah says the other way around. Ain't termin min ha-tomei al ha-tohor. That you cannot take truma from the Tomei pile to exempt you from the Tohor pile. This is because if you give the Kohen Tomei truma, then he can't eat it. He will only be able to burn it, and therefore you're making the Kohen lose out. However, ve'im toram if he did go ahead and separate the truma in such a case, then it will depend if Shogeg he did it by accident, unwittingly, then the truma, so truma, it will still count as having separated truma. However, Umezid, if he did it on purpose, lo osoklum, then that which he separated for truma does not count as truma. The rabbis explain that even though the Postic suggests that you have to give truma which is edible to the Kohen, the case of our Mishnah where the truma would work bedieved, if he did it b'shogeg, is when the produce only became tomei after the produce had a liability of truma, which means there was a time when this produce was tohor and could have been eaten by the Kohen. As such, even though it subsequently became tomei, the owner can te- separate truma from this produce and give it to the Kohen, and it would count bidiyeved. However, says the Mishnah, umezid lo osoklum, but if he separated out this truma, which was tome on purpose, then lo osoklum, he has done nothing. There is a machlokus as to he has done nothing actually means, either it means that his separation of truma counts as if he's done nothing at all, and has to separate from the Tohor pile. Some say that what he has separated has a din of truma, and he has to separate a second time from the Tohor pile. The Mishnah continues with the same principle in a different situation. V'chein ben Levi shehoyolo ma'aser tevel. You have a Levi who is given ma'aser from different Yisraelim, and from that ma'aser we know he has to take trumas ma'aser. So he's in the habit of taking Trumas Maser from one of the piles that he receives, one of the piles of Maser Rishon that he receives, and takes Trumas Maser, but takes it not for this pile of Maser Rishon, but for all the other Maser Rishon that he receives. He may even set aside a whole batch of Maser Rishon that he receives and designates it as, mas, as Trumas Maser for all the other Maserishans that he will see from other people. So this Ben Levi who has a Maser Tevel, who has Maser that has not had his Trumas Maser taken from it, he would use this as the Maserishan and take Trumas Maser from this and, and he will exempt from this Maserishan all the other Ma'aserishans that he receives subsequently. If he does this, and the Ma'aserishan that he has now, which he's using to separate out Trumas Ma'aser, is Tomei, if he does it by accident, 
Shogeg, the Masha also, Osoi. That which he's done is done, but it works. However, Mezid, if he does it knowing that it's Tomei, Lo Osoklum, then what he's done does not count as Trumas Masa for the other Maserishan that he will receive subsequently. Rabbi Huda disagrees slightly. He says, Rabbi Huda Omer, If there was a point where he knew that this Maserishan that he received was Tomei, even though he may have subsequently forgotten, even though when he separates it out and gives Trumas Masa from it, he was accidentally did it because he'd forgotten about it. Nevertheless, since he knew at one stage, then Loas Oklum, then that which he separates Trumas Masa from this Tome pile of Maserishan, it does not work to exempt other Maserishan from taking Trumas Masa, and he will have to separate out again. Mishnah Gimel. Now that we've seen differences in halacha between doing things b'shogeg by accident and doing things b'mezid on purpose, the Mishnah starts off with another completely different subject where there will be distinction between mezid and shogeg. Hamatbil kelim b'shabbos. We know that on Shabbos there is an isori, you're not allowed to be metakein a keli, to complete or finish off a keli, a vessel, to make it now usable on Shabbos, where it was not usable previously. As a result, doing tevila, or putting your keli into the mikveh, so as they should now become tohor, because they were previously tomei, if you do that on Shabbos, that would ordinarily be metakein keli, fixing the keli. Says our Mishnah, hamatzbel kelim b'Shabbos, if someone puts his Tomei Kalim in the mikveh on Shabbos and now makes them tohor. Shogeg, if he did it by accident, for example, that he forgot that it was Shabbos today, then Yishtamish Bahem, he will be allowed to use these Kalim straight away on Shabbos. Mazid, but if he put the Kalim into a mikveh on purpose on Shabbos, then Lo Yishtamish Bahem, he will not be able to use these Kalim until after Shabbos. The idea is that a person should not be able to benefit from any work that he does on Shabbos if he transgresses, but it on purpose. This idea of being metakein kalim, or fixing up your kalim, also applies to food. And therefore, hama'aser v'hamavashel b'Shabbos, if someone prepares the food either by taking trumas and maestras, or by cooking the food b'Shabbos on Shabbos, if shogeg, if he did it by accident, for example, he didn't realize that it was Shabbos, then Yochal, he would be able to eat the food even on Shabbos. Mazid, but if he did these on purpose, then Lo Yochal, he will not be able to eat the food until after Shabbos. We've explained the Mishnah according to Rabbi Meir, uh, but really Rabbi Yehuda argues with this understanding of the Mishnah and mentions that when it comes to being mevashel on Shabbos, i.e. cooking on Shabbos, then he is one stage stricter than the Rabbi Meir. Which means that where Rabbi Meir says that if you do it b'shogeg, by accident, then you can eat the food on Shabbos, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that even if you did it b'shogeg, you can't eat the food on Shabbos, you'd have to wait till after Shabbos. 
And whereas Rabbi Meir said that if you did it on purpose, then you can eat the food after Shabbos, Rabbi Huda is one stage stricter and says that if you cook the food on purpose on Shabbos, then you can't even eat the food after Shabbos, it becomes forbidden forever. However, since our Mishnah bundles up Hama'asev Vashel, both tithing or separating Trimus and Maestris, together with the laws of Bishel of cooking, it's easier to explain it according to Rabbi Meir. The Mishnah continues on the same theme. Hanotea B'Shabbos, someone who plants produce or anything that grows B'Shabbos on Shabbos, if he did a shogeg by accident, i.e. he didn't realize that it was Shabbos, then Yikayim, he can leave the thing growing. However, mazid, if he planted on purpose, Ya'akor, he needs to uproot that which he planted. Uva Shavis, but that which he planted on the Shemitah year, Bein Shogeg, Bein Mezid, Ya'akor, whether he planted by accident or whether he planted on purpose, Ya'akor, we are stricter by Shavis, by the Shemitah year, and he has to uproot that which he planted. This is because we suspect that there may be some people who will look for a loophole on the Shemitah year, and they'll just claim that they planted it by accident. Mishnah Dalad. We have mentioned that to separate truma, you need to have the product that you're separating from being the same product, both in type and in halakhic status, as the product which you're separating on behalf of. So our Mishnah starts off. Ein termin mimin al mino. You cannot take truma on one type of produce to exempt another type of produce. For example, taking truma from wheat to exempt you from barley, or taking truma from dates to exempt you on grapes. Ve'im toram ain't trumosa truma. And if you did separate this truma, then it won't work. However, if it is the same type, then you can separate truma from one to the other. For example, kom min chitim echod. So long as the species is called chitim, wheat, then that's considered one type, and therefore you can take from one type of wheat to separate truma for another type of wheat. Similarly, kol min te'enim, all types of figs, for example, white figs and black figs, or ugrogros, which are dried out figs, udavela, and these are figs which have been made into a fig cake. Echod, they're all considered one type of species, vesere mizeh alzeh, and therefore you can take truma from any of those types to exempt you for any of the other types. The Mishnah continues, Kol mokem sheyesh kohen, if you're separating truma and there is a kohen there that you can give the food to straight away, then tore min hayofe, then make sure that you take truma from that which is nice. For example, if you have fresh figs and dried out figs, then take truma from your fresh figs and give those to the Kohen. However, but if you're in a place where there is no Kohen readily available to give your truma to, then rather take truma not from your fresh products, rather from your products which will last longer. So when the Kohen eventually arrives, he'll be able to eat that produce. So in the same example as before, take truma from your dried figs on your fresh figs so that you go in and when you see him eventually, he'll be able to take the dried figs as they will last longer. 
Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. That whether the Kohen is readily available or not, you should always take the nicest produce and take that, separate that as truma for the Kohen. Now that we've mentioned that when you take truma, you should take from the nicest type of produce, Mishnah Hay continues on the same theme. Termin botzol koton sholem velo chatsi botzol godol. If you have a choice of taking truma from onions and you have small complete onions or large half onions, it is better to take truma from your small complete onions as that is considered a nicer produce rather from your large half onions. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. He says, Loki, that's not the case. He says that the half large onions are actually considered nicer than the small onions. As a result, you should take those. The truth is, all this is according to the Rambam. There are others who explain that the machlokus between whether you should take small onions or large onions really isn't really a machlokus on what's considered nicer, rather everybody agrees that it's considered nicer to take large onions, even if they're only half onions. The question really is, if there is no Kohen around, then you take a small, complete onions because they last longer. But if the Kohen is there, then you should take the large, half onions because they are better quality. V'chein hoya Rabbi Yehuda Omer. Similarly, on the same theme, Rabbi Yehuda would say, the term in B'tzolim Ibnei Al-Hakufrim, that when you separate truma of onions, it's better to separate from the onions of the Bnei HaMedina. These are the onions which grow in the city and take truma from them rather than taking truma from the onions that grow in the villages. And therefore, if you have two types of onions, take truma from the city onions to exempt you from the village onions. Don't take onions from the village to use as truma to exempt you for the onions which come from the city. Now this isn't because the onions which grow in the city are necessarily of greater quality, but because the food, the onions grown in the city, will generally be eaten by people who are chashuvim, people who are of importance. As a result, they considered more important onions. It's interesting to note that the word for important person is politikin.